On behalf of our membership, we welcome all of you, along with our patrons and viewers, to the 86 Masters Tournament. It's almost time. It is the opening morning of the 86 Masters Tournament as you are listening to this. The waiting is almost over. How exciting is this? Hello, Michael McEwen here. Welcome to another episode of the Masters Commute live from Augusta National. In just a few short hours, Tom Watson, Jack Nicholas, and Gary Player will get the tournament underway. The honorary starters will be walking onto the first tee to officially begin the first men's major of 2022. There is a lot to talk about before that happens, though, and I am delighted to say that I have roped in another special guest. I had Alex Myers from Golf Digest on yesterday, and I'm sticking on this side of the Atlantic. I have recruited CBS Sports' Kyle Porter for today's chat. Kyle, hello, how are you? I'm I'm great. It's uh, it's good to be chatting with you. We're in a it looks like we're in a jail cell right now. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's the Angel Cabrera suite here yes. in the media center. <laughs> oh, wow, it's a very very small room, but it's uh, cozy. It's been uh, it's been a it's we were just talking about this. It's been a chaotic week so yeah. far, but I think it's going to be. You know, it's as wide open of a week as I can remember at this tournament. Mm-hmm. And I think it, I mean, it's going to be hard for it to live up to your first one back in 2019. Yes, but, we were talking about that. Uh, we maybe maybe we get one that's, uh, that's up there with that one. It would be very good if we did. Obviously, Tiger has been dominating the headlines. I'm reluctant to talk too much about him. But, yeah. you know, I, I want to touch on it just briefly, if you like, Kyle, because with CBS, obviously you guys get slightly different access you know as, as an organization when it yeah. comes to the masters you do have rights and so on so tell me what that's like what that gives you and the sort of work that you're doing what you might be able to get from tiger for example that the rest of us can't yeah so for us that's the the access that we get to players like that is more on the tv side for me personally this week for cbssports.com what it means is so I'm writing, just like everybody else here, here is, um, but I'm also doing uh, a lot of video work. So I will go out, um, and we've got a we got a camera set up on the par three course, and I'll go shoot some kind of like updates throughout the day that we put on what's called CBS Sports HQ, which is like our twenty four seven sports network. Uh, it's, cool. it's all uh, it's on Apple TV. It's on uh, CBSSports.com. So th- that is primarily like the uh, other than writing articles is kind of my role for the week. So that's kind of the access that we have that's maybe different than than what some other organizations are doing. Very cool. So you're about to be recording some video as well in a little while. I mean, that goes to show how the Masters has evolved. When you think back to like previous press centers that you would have yeah. been in, I, I didn't yeah. get the pleasure of it, but guys in there just writing away. Whereas now we've got, as you said at the start, this luxury facility, this multi-million dollar facility but that's kind of where the Masters is going. We saw it with the Dude Perfect video, mm-hmm. for example, yeah. which was phenomenal. Fred Ridley talked about that today in his press conference. It's evolving into a bit more of a modern beast, yeah. this tournament, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I think there's some there's excitement around that, but I think there's also some, some sadness around that because for me, like all I want to do is write. And I, I understand why the other stuff is necessary like the the podcasting and the video and all that stuff and i'm i'm fine with that i think it's fun but at my soul is like i want to write like really good content that people can enjoy and read so 
as exciting as it is, and it is like being on the par three course uh, to talk on a video camera about Tiger winning the 2019 Masters is like that's thrilling and yeah. something that I that my 16 year old self wouldn't have thought I would ever be able to do. Um, there's also some sadness of this kind of like bygone era where words, at least the written word. I don't think carries as much weight as maybe it used to. Yeah, 100% right. The idea of a tradition like no other becoming hashtag a tradition like no other <laughs> feels like that's yes. it's, it's, it's creeping up upon us more and more each year. As we sit here, unfortunately, the par three contest has yeah. had to be abandoned for the day because of the thunderstorms. Again, soundproof room, we shouldn't hear them, but <laughs> there's been some really loud claps of thunder above us for the past few hours. It's a shame that that's happened because it was nice to see one of those traditions like no other return. People have mixed feelings yeah. about the par three. Now, we've both got young families. Yeah. I'm sitting watching it thinking, oh, God, that'd be brilliant to take my wee girl and you know get in the overalls and have totally. a go with it. What, what's your take on it? It's kind of like the Dude Perfect video. It's not trying to be a major championship. It's just trying to be what it is. You know, and if you appreciate it for what it is, then I think it's, as you said, brilliant. It's great. It's it's wonderful. It's a, I think I think what gets lost sometimes at major championships, and I get that people get frustrated about it being on like Wednesday, like right before the tournament is going to start. But what gets lost is like this. I think the Open does a good job of this, but this celebration of golf, right? The tournament is like competitive and cutthroat, and all these things that we describe it as. Mm-hmm. But golf is also very celebratory. You and I don't play to win trophies or championships or banners or anything like that. We play because it's a celebratory time with our friends. And I like it when different places are able to incorporate that into the week of of their tournament. It's funny, the people who complain about the par three and say, oh, it's ridiculous, it's happening the night before one of the biggest events of the year they seem to have forgotten that it ever happened by the time Sunday rolls around. So, you know, it it fits nicely where it fits, I think. It's something to complain about on Wednesday. I mean, this is a (laughs) tournament that I was listening to the Shotgun Start Boys, Brendan and and Andy, the other day, and they were talking, I didn't realize this, but they were talking about how at the Masters there used to be a skills competition. On, like, the days, like, the even the day, I think it was of, like, they would do, uh, like, a closest to the pin, and then they'd play the first round. And then the next day they do a long drive and they play the second round. So I thought that was really interesting. I didn't yeah, know about I never that. Knew that. And it's something that really intrigued me. And it, 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 I don't know, people are like, oh, the traditional, well, the tradition is that there's been a, like <laughs> something that wasn't part of the tournament incorporated into it, which I think is, again, pretty, pretty cool. I must be honest, the idea of that slipping away, I mean, it sounds like the sort of thing that. I think I'd probably get a bit of a kick out of watching. I yeah. know that Bryson would get a kick out of participating <laughs> if there's a long drive contest. But it's, yeah, the idea that some traditions then do come and go. Yeah. And I, I'd hate to think that the Par 3 contest would disappear completely and potentially be replaced by something else. No, I, and I don't think it will. I think it's so f- it's fun to see it turn over too, mm-hmm. right? Because like when I started coming, you know, Arnold Palmer was still in doing it and, and Jack Nicholas, he didn't play this year, but he was still playing in it. And now you see guys like Rory and Fleetwood and uh, John Ram, Ram, yeah. and obviously Finau and Webb Simpson both have a bunch of kids that they have out there. And so it's fun to see like the kind of passage of time through, uh, an event like that. That's, that's done every year. Tiger wasn't listed to play. 
you know, the, yeah, I think the speculation was that he and Charlie would have pegged it up. I think that about a week ago, 10 days ago, we thought there was more chance of Tiger playing in the par 3 than the Masters tournament proper. Were you surprised that his name wasn't on the par 3 list, considering that he's played with Charlie in the PNC the past yeah, couple of years? Yeah, not, not really. I think it's a sign that he's here to, to play the, the big event, mm-hmm. the main event, right? And I think anything, I mean, he talked about any, like the conservation of his energy and his legs not doing anything outside of what's necessary for the tournament uh is paramount and so i i I think that any even doing like an hour and a half of the part three would have kind of taken away from that at least the way he sees it for for the kind of the main event he says i mean you know i'm talking about tiger i said that we didn't want to necessarily dwell on him but let's go there again briefly he says that he thinks he can win yeah i know that Tiger's not going to tell us he doesn't think right, he can win. Right. But do you believe that he's got a chance? Well, I, I tried to get this question in. Uh, I don't know if you were you at his press conference? Mm, yeah. There's yeah. 400 people in there <laughs> and everybody's trying to get a question in. But I tried to ask, like, why do you think you can win? Right. Because that, of course, he's not going to say he doesn't think he can win. But, you know, if you go back, if you, if you pull it back to November at the Hero, he said, I can't build up like, like remember when he won in 2019, it was okay. He won the, uh, he, he contended at uh 2018 open at Carnoustie won the 2018 tour championship. So there was this kind of stair step of like getting like improving, getting better working in, excuse me, to that 2019 masters. And now there's not. And, and he talked about in November, how he's going to have to find a different way to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, what is that different way? Because, I mean, you've heard guys talk about it all the time. You got a pencil and a scorecard in your hand. It's a lot different than a Tuesday afternoon with your with your guys that you're comfortable with. Of course, with. yeah. And so I just don't can he make the cut? Yes. Can he mix it up a little, maybe make some noise on Thursday and Friday? For sure. He's so smart around this place that I feel like he can make the cut left handed. <laughs> I'd like to see that. That would be fun. That should be the part of the skills competition. Yes. <laughs> but to contend, it's just really hard to see. Yeah. The best facsimile we have for it is um, 2018. He had he didn't play in 2016, didn't play any golf in 20, 2016, 2017. He played like four or five events coming into 2018 when Patrick Reed won, and he finished T32 that year, which is, I mean, if he finishes T32 this year, that to me is extraordinary. Exactly, yeah. I mean, his worst finish year as a professional is tied 40th, yes, I think. Yes, that's right. So, yeah. T32, you know, I think a lot of people would take that for him all day long. Yes. He would not. That's that's the difference that I don't think Tiger, even in his private moments when he's, you know, let's say he's got a soundproof room where he can go in and <laughs> just shout and vent, I don't think he would say quite gladly, I'll, 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 fine, I will take Tide 32 this yeah. year. I mean, yeah. he, he wants the jacket. That's, yeah. that's the only reason that I, he's here. I think the hard part about that is going to be he can make it to the weekend. I think he knows that. And I think he can. But then what happens? It's going to get cold. Can his leg withstand it? I mean, JT was talking about how hard this place is to walk. And he's JT's like 27, you know? And he was talking about how exhausted he is at the end of the week. So I think that by, yeah, by Saturday afternoon, it's like, okay, where's the body at by then? Because mm-hmm. you're kind of going on adrenaline the first couple of days. Yeah, right? exactly. I think the one thing is that he doesn't have any fatigue from having played a lot of tournaments leading into it. So For he's sure. not coming yeah. here fatigued and he's not, let's face it, he's probably not going to play a huge amount afterwards, so he's not got a mind on, you know, next week, the week after. 
if he can grit his teeth and just get through four days, yeah, that that's the challenge that only he knows right now yeah. whether or not he can he can make it. There is more to talk about, though. We want to get stuck into some of the other things that have been happening today, specifically on today's episode of the Masters Commute, coming right up after this. It takes great determination and perseverance to qualify for a major championship. It also takes complete trust in your golf ball. That's why the majority competing at this year's Masters will be teeing up the Pro V1 or Pro V1X. For them, earning an invitation is just the beginning because the passion, desire, and commitment to be your best never ends. Titleist, the most played ball at the Masters and the number one ball in golf. Hello again, Michael McEwen here with Kyle Porter of CBS Sports on today's Masters Commute. I asked this to Alex Myers yesterday, Kyle, so I'm going to throw you right under the bus as well. <laughs> because I was just stuck into one of the Masters cookies. These things are good, by the way. These these are cookies like you don't get in the UK. They're good. Seriously good. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to have to grab as many as I can get on Sunday <laughs> night as I leave. But the question is this, of all of the delicacies for which Augusta National is famous, what is the one that you just could not live without? That's a good one. I think the the pimento is is good, but it's it's it it's too overrated. People talk about it too much. Uh-huh. It, it's it's fine. It's good. I like it, but it it <laughs> it's outgrown itself. Is that what you're saying? That yeah. its reputation precedes it, and therefore it's overrated. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I th- honestly one of my friends. So I uh, before I started covering golf, my grandfather. Well, my grandfather still has badges that he gets every year. So our family would kind of trade those around. Um, I would go with my parents or we would bring friends or whatever. And we brought, uh, my friend, uh, Matt Quaid one year and he, he freaked out about the chocolate chip cookies. He's like, these oh, are, really? these are the, these are the best cookies I've ever had. They really are. And I've, I think I've been swayed into it, like in that direction. The peach ice cream sandwiches I think are, you, you had those in 2019, right? I, I can't have them because I'm lactose intolerant, oh. but I, I know all about... They're good. I, people talk about them, don't they? They're excellent. There's too much cookie. Will Gray has that take. Uh, he, <laughs> There's too much cookie. The, the, the cookies are too thick. Okay. So the, the cookies need to be like like thin, almost uh-huh. like, or, like, a, like an Oreo end, top, uh-huh. bottom. So... I do like the peach ice cream, but I, I'll go chocolate chip cookie because the peach ice cream is not here this year, and I don't. Who knows know, if it's coming supply back? Supply so. and demand issues. Hate it. Apparently. Hate to see it. It was. I know it's caused a lot of consternation and such. Like people have been up in arms about <laughs> it. Quite, quite honestly, they have been very upset. So much so that Fred Ridley was asked about it. Did he his, get asked about he it? He did. I didn't he see really that part. Did. <laughs> It was it was probably midway through, so you know where you're just waiting for the right opportunity to ask the really important question of what the day. He, what did he say? He, he, he did what Fred Ridley does, handled it pretty well. <laughs> um, I must admit, I didn't listen completely to the answer because I couldn't believe the question had been asked. I'm going to pull that uh, up while we're talking. It, that it, is it was, incredible. It was something different. But uh, I, I believe it was tied into a question as well about rising fuel costs as well, which... <laughs> You know, you come over here to the US from the UK, I have no sympathy for your gas prices. What's, what is it over there? A lot more expensive. Like, what's a, what's a gallon of gas? Oh, I couldn't tell you that necessarily, but I know that, let's say a litre then, if, uh, if you can... A litre, yeah, okay. A litre, so it's around about 180 
a litre of diesel just now, and I drive a diesel car because I haven't fully converted to Elon Musk's way of thinking <laughs> just yet. So While to, we're talking- to fill up my tank, it's probably going to cost me just over £100 right now. That's a lot. Yeah. Because it costs me like, yeah, 90 to $100, but pounds, it would be like $130. Yeah. So yeah, that's quite a bit. While we're so talking about uh, the UK, I've been way into Formula One. Have you really? Are you into? Uh, not really. I mean, I was when I was little. Okay. In the sort of days of like Damon Hill and I, I arrived towards the end of Nigel Mansell, then Damon Hill showed up. Okay. But I gather it's, this is going to sound like an intentional pun, it's not. It's gathering pace in the US now because of Drive to Survive. Yeah, that's what got is me into it. that what got you into it? Yeah. Totally. It's something that, that my wife and I have been into. And then I started to become more interested once they announced that they were going to do the same thing for golf. Mm-hmm, yeah, right? The yeah. I don't know what it's going to be called. Same but producers. Though, same it? producers, yeah. And then we got really into it. And uh, anyway, we don't need to talk about Drive to Survive, but it's been it's been fascinating. Formula One's coming to Vegas, is that right? It is next year, twenty twenty three. I don't really love Vegas, but do people do people in the UK do they love Lewis Hamilton? Is he like the tiger of uh, No? What's what's the vibe there? Opinion is definitely split. Okay. Why? Yeah. He's a bit of a mm, We've got an awful lot of celebrities in the UK right now that aren't actually celebrities, if you know what I mean, you know, the sort of Z less reality TV stars. Yeah. And then you've got people like Lewis Hamilton who doesn't need to behave like them, yeah, but does. So okay. he'll be the guy that turns up at, put it this way, if there was a Met Gala every single week, yeah. Lewis Hamilton would be there every single week okay. wearing something outrageous. And So he likes being a star. Yeah, and there's yeah. some tax issues there as well, potentially. So, Interesting. Yes. But he's now a Knight of the Realm, Sir Lewis Hamilton. Oh, yes, wow. Knighted recently, Sir Lewis. So. Sir Nick, Sir Lewis. I know. Everybody. Yeah, who's it going to be next? <laughs> Who will it be? Sir Ian Poulter. Who knows? <laughs> we will see. But I, we mentioned Fred Ridley there, yeah. and he obviously, as he does, on the eve of the Masters, sat down with the media and held court for a good 30, 35 minutes, took a lot of questions on a lot of subjects. One of those, surprise, surprise, was Phil Mickelson. He was asked about Phil's non-appearance this year. This is what he had to say. Well, first, I, I would like to say we did not disinvite Phil. Uh, Phil is a three-time Masters champion and, and is invited, uh, you know, in, in that category and many other categories. He's the defending PGA champion. Um, um, Phil uh, reached out to me, uh, I think it was in late February, early March, uh, and, and let me know that he uh, did not intend to play. Um, we uh, that that was uh, by way of a text, and I thanked him for the, his courtesy and letting me know. Uh, told him that um, we uh, we certainly appreciated that, and uh, um, you know told him that um, you know I, I was certainly willing to you know discuss that further with him if he'd like, and he thanked me, and we had a very cordial exchange. Interesting response, yeah, and I think that pretty much has, well, has it? Is that is that good enough for people? We we can now say with some certainty that Phil wasn't asked to stay away. He wasn't, as as uh, Fred Ridley put it, disinvited. Yeah, interesting. I, it is interesting. I I think who knows? I I think that stuff is a lot of times semantics. Like, yeah, I I think it, I think, and I think that 
you can take Ridley at his word and say like, yeah, Phil chose to not be at the masters. And, and I think two things come from that, that I think about one tiger has provided tremendous cover for Phil this week, because if think about if tiger wasn't here, we would be talking about what Rory's slam again, speed, uh, Rom, but we'd be talking a lot about Phil. Yeah. And so Tiger being here has just, it's almost put an umbrella. Do you call it a brawly? Yeah. A brawly <laughs> over. Very nice. <laughs> over, uh, <laughs> over Phil to where he's not taking on any. I mean, that was, that was kind of the first time it's been, I mean, I think Bryson addressed it maybe on Monday. Oh, yeah. Um, but that was really the first time that, uh, that it got brought up. And then, I think the second thing, and I've talked about this over the last few weeks, I think there's just a tremendous amount of sadness, mm-hmm. yep. right? Because I, I think it's easy to, I don't want to get into the, like the cancel culture and like it just, there's so much nonsense that comes with discussing the Phil stuff. For me, it's like, I'm just sad that he's not here because I mean, the way he talks, forget what you think about Phil, the way he talks about the masters is it gets you really excited about the masters. Yeah. And I think that's worthy of celebration. And, and last year I stumbled, I was walking around on Tuesday right before the champions dinner. And I stumbled upon Phil on this kind of tucked away green on the old practice area. And he was just by himself. I was the only person back there. I was a long way away. He didn't know I was back there, which is kind of creepy, but <laughs> he was just hitting flop shots for who knows how long I stayed for like 10 or 15 minutes and he just kept going. And at the time, this was before he won the PGA, I was thinking, and it's crazy that this guy, had, I think he was, I guess he was 50 at the time, still thinks he can he can do this, yeah. right? And then he goes and wins the PGA in his next major championship. So it was just, I think he loves, I think he genuinely, for all the things you can say about Phil, he genuinely loves golf, and he genuinely loves the Masters, and so I think it's just really sad that he's not here. Absolutely right. I mean, you think back to the last time he wasn't here, look at what the world looked like. Bill Clinton was the president. <laughs> you know, Tiger Woods was still in high school. Yeah. What really strikes me, the two most recent men's major champions, John Ram, Colin Morikawa, neither of them were born. That's crazy. That That's mad, isn't it? So that shows you a lot of things, the longevity of Phil. Yeah. And I think the, the competitive fires that burn deeply within him. Yeah. Which makes it a little bit surprising that he's not here. It also maybe speaks to just the... The level of issues, yeah. if you want to call it that, totally. that he's having to deal with. Yeah, were you surprised when he announced that, or when it was announced rather that he wasn't going to be playing? Yes, I was. And in, in what way? It seemed like, and the more I thought about it, the more I maybe shouldn't have been surprised. But it seemed like <laughs> a a good, you know, we don't have as much access to players here as we do at a normal tour event, mm-hmm. right? And you can be a little protected as a player here from getting too many questions from kind of the circus or whatever. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, man, there would also be like so much attention and so much heat on him in this specific week because it's the masters that maybe I shouldn't have been surprised that he wasn't playing. But at first I was, cause it seemed like a natural reentry. not to mention the fact that he just, I, I don't think he ever wants to miss this tournament, yeah. right? So yeah. I think I think those two things combined made me surprised. I tried to get a handle on just how beloved Phil is because I think people in the UK certainly have always 
had an affection for him, but because of how beloved Tom Watson is, mm-hmm. what happened at Glen Eagles in 2014 soured his relationship a little bit with some of the, the Scottish golf public, the British yeah. golf public. Give me an idea of just how popular Phil is, in spite of everything that's gone on of late, with the um, the average American golf fan. Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think the average American golf fan didn't watch that Ryder Cup presser. <laughs> right? Right, yep. Like you and I did. The average American golf fan doesn't know what the Super Golf League is. Doesn't know what the Saudi Arabia is involved in golf at all. Mm-hmm. And they just want to get a thumbs up from Phil, right? And so he's not, um, man, I, I will say at this place, he's up there with Tiger here. Really? Yeah, I, I, don't, high. I don't think that's true, um, like universally true, but because of the way he's played Augusta National, uh, Kevin Van Valkenburg on Twitter just wrote a great thread about just all the crazy stuff he's done here over the years and pulled off and, and won three times. And so I think the appreciation for him here is is almost tantamount to what Tom Watson has done at the Open Championship, specifically at this golf course in this mm-hmm. tournament. So I would say that he's revered more so here at Augusta National than he is at you know any other place he goes on the PGA Tour. Yeah, and what a record he's got down here. I mean, never mind the wins, you know, stroke average of, what is it, 71.35 yeah, over his career? Yeah, it's just behind, I think Tiger's like 70.7 or something yeah. like that. I mean, few people, probably actually in the field this week, only Tiger knows this golf course better than yeah. him. Yeah. And even that's debatable, to yeah. be completely honest. Look, you mentioned Tom Watson there. As we sit, it is now how long... Just over 12 hours until he takes his place on the first yeah. tee alongside Jack Nicholas and Gary Player. Honorary yeah. starter for the first time this year is Mr. Watson. Tell me, how big of a problem are we going to have when he outdrives Gary Player? Because <laughs> that's not going to be well received. No, it's not. <laughs> we, might see, uh, we might see somebody uh, bring some... Some uh, dumbbells out there yeah. in a in a golf cart <laughs> for Gary Player to to pantomime, yeah. uh, you know, a, a Bryson workout. Yeah, it's no, it's not going to be. It, it it is great that Tom Watson is joining those two, mm-hmm. right? I, I think it's um it's cool. The ceremonial tee shot, it, whether you like it or not, it it's it's a cool thing, and I think it again, it's honoring or it's celebrating the game. And, and the fact that Watson has, is such a great major champion. And, um, you know, I think one day when, when Patrick Reed is, is hitting the ceremonial tee oh shot goodness. with Tiger Woods, it'll be just as exciting. Oh, my goodness. There's a thought. There is a we thought. can't let that happen. No, and we can't finish on that note either. Jeez. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm going to finish up the same way as I finished with Alex. I put you right under the bus with the question yeah. about your favourite Augusta delicacy. I'm doing it again. This one's arguably tougher. Who is going to win this week's Masters? Well, I, I picked... Uh, I'm taking Justin Thomas. I picked him a week ago. I already regret it because I think everybody's taking him. Yes. His odds have gone... It's <laughs> it's it's tough. I, everybody's been paying attention to... I mean, even at the Players' Championship, he flighted the ball so well. And he hit, he just... He has such control over his golf ball right now. You worry about the putting. He hasn't putted well here, 
right? Joe Pita, who's a great statistician, Magic Rat SF is his Twitter handle, which is a that is a, a great handle. Funny, funny Twitter handle. But people should follow him. He he's got a really good thread on just how much JT struggled on the greens here. And I read it after I picked him, <laughs> which was disconcerting. <laughs> but I'm gonna stick with it. He's got he's a he. I think he's generationally good. Only time will tell. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're generationally good if you win three, four, five majors, right? I th- I think he's in that category, but you got to win the majors. He's underperformed, and he's he talked about that. He's said that. That's not breaking news. He's underperformed at major championships. He's only got I think three top tens since he won in 2017 at majors. And that's not, that's not good. That's nowhere near good enough. I no, mean, it's not. We talked about Dustin Johnson for so many years until he finally added the second tier yeah. under the most perfect DJ conditions that yeah. you could possibly have wanted. Totally. He had underperformed massively in the majors, and you kind of worry is Justin Thomas falling into that bracket a little bit. I hope not. I do think by the time his career is over, he will have, like you say, three or four. And yeah. by the way, that is incredible. It's, it is, especially in this era, right, where I think we, I think sport. Um, just across the board continuously gets better, whether it's F1, whether it's soccer, whether it's basketball, whatever. And so I think that doesn't diminish what Jack Nicholas did or what Tiger, Tiger's the reason that it's better, right? So he gets credit for that. But I think you can't say, well, you know, Gene Sarazen won, I don't know how many majors he won, and then compare that to Rory because Rory has to beat Colin Morikawa and JT and like, 15 guys yeah. that are uh, at his level and it's just different. So I think, I mean, four for Kepka and Rory is people look at tiger and they're like, well, he's only got, they've only got four. I'm like, four is so many. Yeah. It's so many. Yeah. And I think we're, we're going to get a lot of guys in this era, Adam Scott, Webb Simpson, Louis Ustase, and maybe Jason day that only win mm-hmm. one. Yep. Right. And you're going to get to the end of a guy's career and say, how did Adam Scott only win one major? That's what makes them interesting because there's so few of them and they, they can only go to so many guys. Other thing about JT, it's going to get windy. You've seen the forecast. It's going to yeah. be blowy, blustery. If anyone can control and more importantly work his ball, yeah. you know, hit his numbers, JT looks pretty good Who'd for that. Who'd you pick? I've kind of flip-flopped, but I'm going to go with Cam Smith. Yeah, I like it. For, for the same reasons. Look at how he performed at the players under similar, I mean, the weather was worse there, but under similar weather circumstances yeah. and, and so on feels like yeah this is a word i hate by the way and i use it way too often it feels like he is trending towards something big <laughs> it's the worst and the players was maybe that something big but i don't know i just feel that he has more in him and he's done well here previously so this may be this may be another good week for the aussies can you imagine winning kapalua TPC Sawgrass and Augusta in four months with a mullet. He, <laughs> they might make him cut it before he goes in Butler Cabin. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be brilliant? He walks off the 18 Sir, with a mullet. Congratulations! <laughs> Here's your scissors. <laughs> the Butler Cabin will be delayed whilst we get the clippers out. <laughs> that that would be something. And you know what? It would not even be surprising. No, either. no, not at all. Kyle, thank you so much for your time. Pleasure to catch up with you as it always is. People can find you on Twitter. What's your handle? Yeah, Kyle Porter CBS. Excellent. Go along and follow him for not just great insight but great humor as well <laughs> and brilliant stats kyle thank you for your time enjoy the masters Anytime. It's, Thanks, like, Michael. it's going to be pretty special and as you listen to this it'll be just a few hours from getting underway i'll be back with another masters commute podcast at the end of round one recapping all of the action from day one 
let's hope it is every bit as good as we've been anticipating it to be. Until then, bye bye for now.